0: The thing that was really, really neat, too, was that, you know, the baseball industry was kind of like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Awesomeings podcast, where we highlight people pursuing their definition of, you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. And with that, we are back for part two, kicking it with our boy, Andy Shea. His feet are up on the table. He's got a big old lot <laughs> of big league chewing right now. He is comfortable and I love it. So, Andy, a couple questions that I would love to ask you. Number one, would you ever consider pinstripe pants to have mustaches or just a stripe?
0: Man, now you we've <laughs> gotta do the mustache pinstripe. Like that's not even a like consideration. Like that is mustache. Mustache. Literally, all the way down. That is Awesome. (laughs) So that's past the consideration phase. Uh, I'm (laughs) going to figure out how we do that. That is ridiculously funny. Yes.
1: (laughs) Okay. That's great. I have a bunch of more, but I'll scatter them in and out. So if you guys haven't caught on, Andy Shea is killing it with keeping a company culture and a team culture thriving and living the largest kind of life in 2020. And last episode, we talked a lot about that and what that's looked like for him and his role. And now we're going to transition a bit more into Liz's forte, if I may say, today, great rhyme, <laughs> yes. a, about venture labs and innovation and just what it looks like to, to kick up, to kick it up a notch and really bring your company to life, to bring your team together. And Liz, I want to ask one more question, if you don't mind, and then I will kindly pass it off to you. So you are right now, you're in the, you're in the on deck circle. I'm in the batter's box. So just so you know, <laughs> I'm I'm warming up. up. yeah, okay. that's Got great. Make sure you put your donut on, really get some swings in. Uh, Andy, last question for right now. I said it a second ago, but are you a double bubble guy or a big league chew guy?
0: Well, I'm glad you went, uh, the good for the kids version, first of all, but, uh, <laughs> gotta go big league chew. Of course. That's the classic. Perfect. And if you're you're listening and
1: you didn't get that reference, that's a
0: good thing.
2: All right, (laughs) (laughs) Liz. You're up. We are. Family friendly. (laughs) So last episode, we talked about the culture, the history you have at the Legends. And I really want to talk about what I think most people are going to tune into here, which is what you guys did in this incredible year of 2020. I don't Mm. know if incredible is the right adjective. It's not. But um, so when we last interacted with you guys most, we did the workshop. We did a Vint workshop for you guys in the fall. And I think... It's funny to think back because we, you guys had all these new ideas and we were going to implement them. A couple of them required the season to start. And I remember the spring came and we were excited. And then COVID hit yeah. and everything selfishly. I'm coming from a venture labs perspective, but everything went out the window for you guys. Uh, your business model, attendees, uh, you guys can do what you're supposed to get out there and do. So talk to me about I I want to hear a little bit of like what was that almost maybe was it panic? Was it fear? I think with your personality, I'm wondering if it was like just blatant excitement because you're like, "This is a new challenge," and I wanted this. But talk to me about maybe like March, April, May, um, and and what that transition into. Oh my goodness, what are we gonna do now? Looked like
0: so March and April was just, um, and it's like my most hated word right now, but uncertainty. Hmm. But because I mean, that's been overplayed and overtalked, and it's you know, I kind of almost like tell our staff, like, okay, it's been seven months, but. At the time, I think it really was. And I think it was fair. And it was just like, what in the heck is going on? I mean, everything from what's going on with the season, but then what am I supposed to do today? What are the employees supposed to do today? Like kind of like literally, like if you can't call, if your job is to sell tickets, but you don't have a game to sell tickets to, then what are you you literally doing that day? Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, and or if if you're putting together a marketing plan, but you don't have anything to sell and you don't have any events, what the heck is your marketing plan for? So I think, you know, I mean, there was definitely like at least a couple of weeks for that. But then, really, almost, you know, it really was as quick as a couple of weeks where it was like, okay, we need to do something. You know, so then and that would have been when our normal opening day was. So we had a really cool uh, we called it like a Big L parade where we talked to a couple different neighborhoods and we just drove our truck around, you know, the company truck around uh, with Big L safe in the back of the pickup uh, (laughs) waving the legends flag and stuff like that. And, you know, it was really funny because, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you talk about low tech and uh, nothing like way out of the box, but especially for that time of year and what it should have been versus what it was. I mean, people were so pumped. So then it was like, okay, we did it. We ended up doing it like once or twice a week for the next two months. Um, And it was more stuff like that. Like someone in my office, like literally like, and I didn't even think she had like, I guess my fault. I didn't think she had that much like graphic design uh, talents in a sense. I didn't think she was untalented. Don't get me wrong. But (laughs) She put together like this awesome, awesome kids book, and it was like a coloring book that we just sent out Uh for free, and it was just more of you know, and then they could post it on Facebook and Instagram, and you know, so there were a lot of really cool things like that where it was like just like keep the brand exactly keep there and
2: going, keep
0: our brand out there, keep our employees at least their mind going and thinking, and not just having the same conversation all day every day of well, when's the season going to start? Well, when's the season going to start? Well, who you know, it's like it. Trust me, I had that for a couple of weeks, but then it was like, who knows? And that's my answer. Can't wait on that. Decision. Yeah, it's like we've got yeah. to kind of live with that. So, I mean, so those first couple of months, I mean, we're definitely really weird, really, you know, tough. And it was but I think that it almost semi helped. I, I do like to think that with our staff and culture and everything, but I think it's semi helped that two or three weeks into, you know, what I refer to just as quarantine was our opening day. So that really kind of pushed everyone where it's like, hey okay, you can't feel sorry for yourself on opening day. Like mm. We've got to do something.
2: That Man, we're only in, what, April, May of this time frame, the story that we're telling. <laughs> so then what, for, I mean, for those who don't know, please take a quick second to go Google Battle of the Bourbon Trail, right? Yeah. That's the official Battle name. Battle
1: of the Bourbon Trail. <laughs> yeah, we, yes. we've got the How Bourbon Trail, simmer. the
2: Bourbon Chase, Battle of the Bourbon Trail. The we bourbon, like our bourbon yeah. in Kentucky. Um, when, when did that idea start to blossom? Were you, like, laying in bed awake at night? Was it a conversation? How how did that idea sprout?
0: So the thing that was actually really cool and like, again, something that I tried to make into a positive of working from home all day, every day and from like kind of that quarantine period was that I, in a weird way, not face to face, but I met more so many people during that time because it was one of those ones where, hey, I know this guy. Would you want to talk to him? Yes, yes you know, it was like, whether I had anything, you know, it's like, why not? I mean, this is, I certainly can't, I certainly can't go visit anyone or have someone come to the ballpark or stuff like that. Um, And it actually was relatively, you know, pretty efficient too. So uh, throughout that, in that time period, it was like April or May. uh, Someone said, Hey, I know the guy who at that time he had owned the Florence y'alls for less than a year. So it's like, man, this stinks for everyone. But talk about like your first year of any business, but I mean, your first year, you think that you probably, I know he's a huge, huge baseball fan, was probably like just so pumped personally, let alone professionally. uh, And then this happened. So I was introduced to him. We were talking, we were talking. And really it started with, He and I putting together like a little proposal for the governor's office based on how we could have youth sports at the ballpark and how we could have, you know, at least like some games and some stuff like that where, you know, because at the very beginning it was like zero. But then it was I think it was I can't remember if it went to straight to 50 or if it was 25 and 50. So when we're talking about like 25 or 50 people at a baseball game, I mean, you can't really even have everyone's parents. So it's it was like, well, how can we put together some safety protocols, submit it to the governor's office and so on? So we just started talking and we started, you know, uh, just developing more of a relationship. And, you know, we were like, hey, what if what if we had uh, played each, you know, we each put together teams and we played each other Saturday and Sunday in August it's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. You know, like we've never their business model. They do recruit players. They do sign players and all that stuff with ours. We never have. But I figured for something really low key and low kind of profile like that, it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, I'm sure we can, you know, if nothing else, just have the Frederick Douglass high school team come out and play at the stadium. And that'd be kind of cool. Well, then the restrictions on what we could have at the stadium started shifting a little bit. So then he and I were just it was almost like simultaneous where we were like, hey. You want to really do this? You know, like you think we could, like, what you, how would you feel about, you know, playing every Wednesday through Sunday for seven weeks? And again, it was yes, yes, yes. The uh, funny part, though, was that like, so we got kind of towards that and it was relatively easy to put a schedule together. They had two teams. We had two teams. So one of us always had a home game Wednesday through Sunday. So we got those openings. We had that opportunity for fans. Uh, It was great for the baseball players because they got plenty of at bats and innings thrown and all of that stuff. But like I kind of mentioned earlier, that's not been part of our business model to put together one team, let alone two. So it was like once he and I kind of lined out what the business model was, I must have like I probably like got the biggest wide eyes. I was like, I need to fill up two (laughs) rosters. It's like (laughs) like yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. And like we had like I think it was three or four weeks. So, I mean, it was it was, you know not a lot of sleep and like there were plenty of times where i would wake up at like four or five in the morning be like oh my god we're not gonna have enough players so i just went right back to googling i was googling stuff like who the top high school players were in kentucky in 2014 and Mm -hmm. who they were in 2015 because presumably they're out of college or you know but still really good at baseball and then I was just hitting these guys up left and right on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on if I thought I had a mutual friend, asking that mutual friend, hey, do you know this guy? Hey, have you heard of this guy? Hey, do you know this guy? Looked up all the guys that had played at University of Kentucky the last several years. Uh, Talked to all sorts of people that I had met just in my life leading up to this. My one friend... I've known him for 15 years. I probably haven't seen him in like seven years, but he's a scout for the Twins in the Northeast. Talk to him, and we got a guy from him. One of my best friends from high school lives in Arizona. He had played pro ball for like 12 years, I think. And I texted him. I was like, dude, I was like, I need like five or 10 guys. He put something on Facebook within like two hours. Wow. Had these guys that were looking to... You know, we had one guy drive from California to play. We had someone drive from North Carolina to play. We had some, a couple of guys, you know, made other type of uh, flights and travel to come in. So it was so, so awesome. And I mean, it was uh, so much work really just because it was so new. But then, I mean, it was so awesome too. I mean, it was so cool and it was, you know, I mean, like it almost brought me to tears at the end of the season because I can distinctly remember with almost every one of them, almost where I was when I first talked to them, you know, like where, what that first conversation was and then to see the end of the season when this was better than everyone expected. Again, like definitely from our standpoint, the community standpoint, but the thing that's cool is from the player's standpoint. You know, I mean, at first, I think the guys had no clue what to think they were coming into. I think they probably thought it was going to be some kind of like rec league pickup, all of that stuff. But then when they were playing and there were eight former major league baseball players on the field where there were dozens of current or slightly former minor league baseball players and other pro ball players, it was awesome. The talent was so awesome. Uh, so I mean, it really was. It was one of those things where all these guys and their parents were like thanking me because their parents got to come see them play. I mean, that was their local dudes. They're from here, so their parents, in a year where they didn't think they'd be playing baseball, period. Probably the first time in these guys' lives when you really think about it. It's true. Then not only were they playing, they were playing awesome baseball close to them and their families got a chance to see it so it was so funny like uh, i I remember one of this this guy zach loge who last year pitched in triple a for the blue jay in the blue jay system he played at uk and his parents thanked me for putting this on and i was like you guys are making me feel guilty as hell (laughs) like thank you like this is awesome this is what it's all about when Zach signed on, Zach was one of those guys. It hit me when he was here that I didn't have his phone number because we had completely communicated on Twitter DMs <laughs> and email. I was like, this is wild. But it was just all so special. And I mean, there are just, you know, literally like 60 stories like that of these guys, uh, you know, whether it was University of Kentucky, University of Louisville, LCA, Lexington Catholic, uh, Alice Lloyd, Campbellsville University um, Cumberlands, Georgetown, you know, just these guys that were all together. And it's also the last thing. I mean, it's awesome seeing them on Instagram and stuff now that they've developed the relationships with each other, you know? So, I mean, it's really, it's come so many, like 10 million full circles. Mm. And just to see like what it started as a, what if, and then to something that, you know, really and truly could be the model for professional baseball everywhere. I mean, it's pretty awesome.
2: And it all started with you sliding into their DMs.
0: It did. I know. Well, that's what I've had to like check myself because I'm like, I I DM'd more dudes in July than ever. (laughs) I was like, wait, I don't think I ever have before. I was like, I don't think I have. So I mean, it was, but it was definitely a lot. And I mean, it was, you know, it's 2020. I mean, that's the best way to get a hold of these guys. I mean,
2: and all bets bets are off. I think that's what I find fascinating is you took these, you took the currency that you had which is relationships. That's one of the biggest assets that I feel like you've built in your 16 seasons is knowing people and 2020 stripped. You of a lot of other assets and currencies that you have, whether that's necessarily even a field at some times, but you built a whole new system with stuff that you did have at your fingertips. Um, But you just, you kind of mentioned into what I'm curious about next. What, what does this mean for what's next for the legends or for baseball in general? Are you dreaming? I'm assuming if I know you well enough, you're dreaming bigger now than just this.
0: Well, absolutely. And I mean, I think that there are really ways to expand on this and to truly scale it, scale it up and to, you know, some of the, in a sense, the, I guess for lack of better words, they were almost like informal ties, you know, like we had uh, two former Cincinnati Reds play for us, but so it was not really coincidence, but it wasn't necessarily through like the Cincinnati Reds. But I think that that was something that was just awesome exposure for all of us. And I mean, this is, you know, that's by far the closest Major League Baseball team to us. So, I mean, this is Reds country in terms of MLB fandom. So, I mean, I think if there's, you know, like to expand on that, I think that, you know, when you look at all of the guys that went to Kentucky colleges, again, you know, like I'm really good friends with some of the college coaches. And, you know, our organization has had some form or fashion partnership with some of the other, but how we can, you know, truly grow that, whether you want to call it like a feeder system or first dibs or homegrown or whatever the term may be. uh, You know, I think that there's certainly a lot of opportunity there. And again, when you look at the map, I mean, that's I think that the fans here loved that. I mean, we saw so many red shirts at the ballpark this year. Because whether it was a uh, Brandon Phillips jersey shirt, whether it was uh, just because him and Avonda Jesus were playing for us, whatever, or it was just because we're an hour away. And it's just that's the MLB team that's here. I mean, there were a, there was a lot of that. Then again, there was a ton of that local and community support. One of our catchers uh, has played at Alice Lloyd College. You know, so I mean, this was an awesome deal. And he's from Eastern Kentucky. So his family is... Not right next door, but definitely close and can make the drive and familiar with the ballpark and, you know, just <laughs> 64. But, uh, I mean, having him on the team was awesome. I mean, he was he's not like he's like one of the best human beings that we've had. But also, I mean, he was a great baseball player, smiling the whole time, fan favorite to the max, unbelievably relatable to everyone that's in the stands. So it's like everyone wins with that. He did, the community did, the legends did, and overarching baseball did. So, I mean, having, I think that the more that we can grow, again, we as in just baseball, I mean, certainly the legends, but I mean, I think that having those relationships to the local team, uh, again, we saw it firsthand and that's what I've been really pumped about how special and how much that just pumps up everyone to come out and be at the ballpark.
1: Andy, I've literally been over here just trying not to explode because I have <laughs> so much. But from, I'll say this from the community perspective as a thank you because you said it, you got to have guys. Actually, I, I looked up to you as I grew up playing baseball. It's like Brandon Phillips. When I went and saw him, I was like, holy smokes. That's yep. that dude. The amount of swagger he had, unreal. <laughs> that guy drops bumps. But being a UK grad, uh, some of the guys that you mentioned, like Zach Logue, uh, Luke Hire, Cole Cottom, those were guys I got to watch growing, or not growing up, but going through college and then to go watch them on a Friday night with my friends, like it feels like old times. So creating that sense of nostalgia. So it was really cool to be affected from your decisions and knowing the work that you did to make that happen for our entire community and really our state it is so cool to see and to be a recipient of. So thank you from that perspective, because that was really, really sweet. Uh, Part of my fall. So that's awesome, man.
0: Yeah. With Cottom and those guys, I mean, that was the, uh, another part that was so cool about this is that him and Luke Becker, who was our second baseman, they're like best friends in life right now. And they played together at university of Kentucky and they probably thought that they'd never play baseball again. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was so cool that they were able to play. And then Luke Hire because I talked to Cole and Luke at the beginning of it. And then I did Luke Becker. I talked to Hire a little bit later in the process. And the fact that he, I mean, once I talked to him and really explained it and we were able to connect and he knew that Codham and Becker were playing, he was like, let me see how quick I can get there. I mean, it was really awesome. And then. You know, from a baseball standpoint, of course, because those guys are all great, but from a personal and social and, you know, everything else, they were able to connect with their former UK coaches, some of the guys that are playing there. I know that those guys like on their own spoke to a couple of little leagues. I mean, it was really awesome having those guys back here. Uh, And then it was really cool, too, because we had we had UK guys from like multiple different eras. I mean, so it was really just fun. And and then the other thing that was awesome too, in terms of the relationships was that we did have like six very, very great University of Louisville players. I mean, the thing that was funny is that, I mean, they definitely, when both of their more recent classes were at UofL and at UK, I mean, th- they had some testy games. We'll they put did. it that way. So <laughs> then, I mean, again, on the flip side of thinking you'd never play with one of your best buddies again, you probably thought, oh, well, I'm never going to have to play with this a-hole again or I never then, have to see him again or whatever. Covered, they're like, like, yeah, I'm literally exactly. trying a double play with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but of course everyone was awesome and they they laughed about it and you know, that's what was so cool of seeing like on the same field multiple great UK baseball players with multiple L baseball players with guys that grew up in Kentucky or, you know, they covered two of those, uh, check two of those boxes. I mean, it was really awesome from, from all those perspectives as well.
1: Yeah, no, I think perspective is huge. So I'm glad you said that. And keep on with a theme of people coming back. Somebody in our community, shout out to Tommy Warner. He is a talented guy, teacher from a local high school, then became a web developer and then is now creating a startup around baseball. So if you haven't listened to the zone tracks episode on our podcast, He's one of the guests who actually pitched at Five Across in his Legends jersey from the mound. So a really cool story there.
2: We're calling it the Tommy Warner. The Tommy effect. Warner. It's,
1: yeah, it's yes. the goal. He's
2: touched every part intro, of what intro does. Intro
1: the, the music for his life. His <laughs> life movie. Yes. But I would love to hear from your perspective how that came about because I know you had open tryouts, and then I'll let you take it from there.
0: Well, we did. So one of our – so, I mean, I, I guess in a sense the – first class of UK baseball players was one of our coaches who was a local guy. And side note, that was amazing having a local coach and local coaches uh, both between the network, but then also again, the ties to the community and the investment in the community. Uh, But he had, he knew Tommy. So he had, I knew that name, like a little, like right around the tryout period. Uh, And I knew that when he played at UK and it was like, heck yeah. Uh, Pitcher. We needed innings. We needed, you know, everyone to, to get out on the Hill, but a pitcher dude that played at UK local guy. This is awesome. He's absolutely perfect. So then I kind of, I I didn't really meet him like, and talk to him a heck of a lot. And then someone else told me like, Hey, he's actually one of the dudes that's going to be pitching at five across. I was like, wait, you're
2: like, what kind of pitching? What? Yeah. I was like, (laughs) Who's on Seriously, <laughs> like, uh,
0: you know, was, so then it was so awesome, too. I mean, yeah, wearing the Legends jersey out there. And it was one of those ones. I mean, you know, it's it's like voting for your kid. He felt bad. Like, I didn't know if I was supposed to steer it to the dude who's wearing a Legends <laughs> yeah. uniform and has that he's electing a Legends player on the on his presentation. But uh, it was awesome. And I mean, the timing of it was really funny, too, if you remember, because it was like that trial week. Then it was the five across, and then our first game was, like, I think three days later. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, he told me. So, I mean, it
0: really was, like, all in that, like, what is going on? This is awesome.
1: Yeah, it was cool, because he came in the space, we talked, and he goes, oh, yeah, I just went to this tryout, and, you know, I haven't pitched in 12 (laughs) years from my hiatus, struck out four out of eight batters. I'm like, you are living the dream. So, that was super cool. And, yeah, again, just keeping our community in a sweet spot where, like, hey, you know, some people have had a hard year, and they struggled, but to know the Lexington legends and I guess the, uh, the Florence y'alls and Florence freedom. Like you guys were creating teams and really cool opportunities, which was so special. And I know that anyone who went and came was touched by that. So again, thank you. And this is just cool that we get to look back on all the effort from the crappy 2020 months to the cool moments that we get to celebrate.
0: It was awesome. I mean, it was a heck of a lot of time and, you know, but it was everything was beyond worth it. And I mean, I think the thing that was really, really neat, too, was that, you know, the baseball industry was kind of like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome.
2: 2020 was hard for everyone and it still is. And I think we've got a long road ahead of business and small business owners and big business owners. Um And I think I don't want to paint your story as like, oh, you just came up with this idea and then it was easy. It sounds like you and your team fought blood, sweat and tears to get to where you are now. And I think that's that's the story we want to hone in on. Not that it was easy or that you had this one conversation with this one other owner. And then all of a sudden you had this incredible new system. I'm sure it took sleepless nights, full 24 hour days. Um, But you guys fought for that, like, innovative spirit that now has you in a place where you can be dreaming about something rather than still sitting in complete uncertainty.
0: Yeah, that's spot on. I mean, so many people in our staff did so many jobs that they probably never in a million years would have thought that they would have been in the position because they just flat out had to because Mm -hmm. things were so thin and weird and you know, just didn't know what we really had or when or so forth and so on. So, I mean, it was uh, just a heck of a lot going on. But, um, you know, looking at the positives and the final product, I mean, that's what's cool. I mean, that's, you know, my son's only a little over two. I mean, so it stunk and I love being able to say goodnight to him. But and I didn't for five out of seven nights for seven weeks. And that kind of stunk. But, you know, I think he, um, you know, I mean, ultimately, you know, I told myself, I was like, hey, this is for him. And this is awesome. And this is, you know, and it really gave me more energy. And it was one of those things where, hey, this is a seven week period. And this is really tough and really way different and challenging and all that stuff. But uh, it is just so unique and special that it's like, you know, again, there were so many memories. Well, it
2: took sacrifice. It took risk. I mean, all big ideas take you had to kind of jump in. It sounds like at some point say, we're going to give this a shot. We're going to try. We've got three weeks and yep. if we don't make it work. Then we creek without a paddle, but you took that job, you took that risk. And that that's the hard part. Everyone looks at the result and says, wow, look at the legends. Yep. What a great story to tell. And, you know, you don't have bags under your eyes anymore, but I'm sure at some point <laughs> yeah. you did. And you're like, yeah, that sounds great. Let me tell you how it actually was. So I appreciate, I mean, you talk about it so positively because it's so evident how much you care about people and the relationships you've built. But I mean, Garrett and I are sitting here, like, we know, we know startups, we know entrepreneurs, we know how hard pivoting. Is pivoting a business model is one of the hardest things you can do. And and you guys did that this yeah. year.
1: I think pivoting, but also getting your team, like you mentioned previously, to really buy into that vision that, mm-hmm. that goes hand in hand. So mm-hmm. yeah. Andy, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up. We've had a good time. Awesome. I have a few rapid fire questions for you. Sweet. To close out this episode, you know, with with some some lighthearted fun. It's tradition. <laughs> it's tradition. It. tradition. Right, you're ready. big on tradition. <laughs> yeah, I am big on tradition. This one's gonna be a bit different since it's baseball. I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the rails. So we know you're a big league chew guy. Me too. Love it. Sunflower seeds or peanuts. Seeds. Seeds. What flavor?
0: Uh, either OG or sprinkling a little ranch.
1: Love it. Love it. I was <laughs> a, I was a big barbecue guy in high school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's good. Uh, Gatorade or Powerade. Gatorade. I really wanted Bob Boucher to be like, no, H2O from uh, from the water boy. (laughs) I was thinking that when I mentioned anything but water. Okay, uh, let's say you are sitting down, catching up on ESPN Top 10. Would you rather see an offensive play on baseball or a defensive play?
0: I got to go offense.
1: Love it. Stirrups and high pants, so traditional look or the modern look with low pants and got a bunch of swagger on your arms.
0: Modern swagger on the arms. Okay, like do it,
2: it. In this vision, do they have mush, uh, mustache? Mustache? <laughs> yes, oh
0: definitely. yeah. So I definitely
1: of
2: that.
0: I'm
1: thinking instead of a Nike swoosh on the cleats, it's a big mustache. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> like a curved that mustache. Would be so cool. Okay. Okay. Um, for for you, we talked about it a little bit, but define baseball swagger.
0: I like uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. I'm in that boat. I love the pimping everything. I love the celebrating. If you hit one out, if you hit a game winner. I am not the old school traditionalist that thinks that you're just supposed to hit the ball and sprint around the bases after you hit a home run. So I love a little, uh, I love the fiery attitude. I love a little uh, stuff talking back and forth. I mean, obviously there's a line, but uh, I love, one of my favorite players is Bryce Harper. So, I mean, I I love it.
1: Yeah, you got to have some character when you play that. Yep. I get that too. What was your uh, lucky number or go-to number when you played ball? 22. 22. Yep. Okay, it's good to know. And last one, what is your favorite part of being on the pro team, being a part of the club, leading the team? What would you say?
0: I love it because it's literally something new every single day and I meet someone new every single day. I mean, I think that's so fun. And I think that that genuinely does spur like so many of the thoughts and the what ifs and, you know, everything starts from there. So, I mean, I just love having something new every single day and I damn well love having shorts on Mm. and a job that I can (laughs) wear shorts in November. So that's great. Well,
1: Andy, thanks again so much for letting us pick your brain and talking about what it looks like to be innovative and create a culture and not just from a tech startup entrepreneur perspective but hey I lead a team I lead a business so really cool to hear your insight and I'm looking forward to next season awesome. Liz got any closing final thoughts
2: just let us know we can buy our season tickets yes Ooh. absolutely thanks Andy we'll see appreciate you appreciate it
1: well that's it guys thank you so much for checking out this episode of Awesomings Podcast and another quick thank you to Lee Rosevere and a few members from our community who provide the music that you hear in this show Lastly, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz, or even better, come on down to our space. Come be a part of our community and get plugged in and let's start something awesome together. You guys rock. We'll see you next time.